right now with all the geopolitical risk out there, I think there is an opportunity for a lot of mispricing in the market. So having a little bit of dry powder on hand to take advantage of those opportunities definitely makes sense. But in addition to that, just because cash is yielding something at this point, you could almost view cash as an alternative asset class. Bond yields continue to drive higher, creating volatility across markets, but also opening up opportunities for relatively risk-free returns on cash. On today's episode, BMO Global Asset Management Portfolio Managers Chris Heeks and Alfred Lee and your host Mackenzie Box discuss money market strategies and other cash options while tracking the early returns on Q3 earnings season. They also discuss the concept of long-short investing and the benefits of new funds BMO is launching in the category. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's bmoetfs.ca. Hello, and welcome back to our BMO ETFs Weekly Insights Podcast with our team of experts. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen in each and every week and provide comments and questions. I'm today's host, Mackenzie Box, in product at BMO Global Asset Management. Today, I am joined by Alfred Lee and Chris Heeks, who are both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. So a special thank you to both Alfred and Chris for joining me today. Let's dive in. Alfred, we'll start with you first. Yield continues to move higher with the five and 10 year in both Canada and the U.S. moving to levels not seen since 2007. Can you touch on what's driving these yields higher, especially given that markets anticipate we're very close to the terminal values with both the Bank of Canada and the Fed? And how much higher can these yields go? We often talk about the shortening of duration and fixed income, but what about interest rate sensitive equities like utilities, for example? How would you play out that sector? That's a question that we have been getting uh, quite a bit from advisors uh, over the last couple of weeks, just given the action that we've been seeing on the yield curve. So over the last couple of weeks, yields have definitely been moving higher, especially in the five and 10-year level, as well as longer-term yields as well. But keep in mind, like if you look at the yield curve over the last year, year and a half, it has been inverted. So over the last uh, couple of months, uh, what the yield curve has been trying to do is trying to normalize. So over the long term, you know, the natural state of the yield curve is upward sloping. So right now, uh, the yield curve is trying to move back into that position. In terms of normalization of the yield curve, that can only happen in two ways. Either short-term rates could go down or short or longer-term rates could go up, or it could be a combination of the both. Right now, um, just because the market is coming to realize that because central banks are going to keep rates at these levels for a longer period of time. The market has bought into the narrative that, you know, rates are going to remain higher for a longer period of time. So we may not see more additional rate hikes by central banks, but the market is coming to realize, as I mentioned, that rates will remain at these levels more or less for a longer period of time. So we are starting to see some repricing in in the yield curve. Uh, The five and 10 years, as you mentioned, continue to move up as a result of this. Uh, so if the short-term rates are not going to move, given that overnight rate, you know, given that central banks are not going to cut their overnight rate uh, over the next year, that means the short-term rates have to be relatively pegged. So for longer-term bonds, so let's say if you're in the five-year, the 10-year, 
buyers of bonds at, at those um, duration levels are now wanting some kind of a term risk in order to take on that duration risk. So that term risk is being added back onto the yield curve. So that's why we continue to see uh, the five and 10 year continue to move up. The concern is if short-term rates are not going to move, and you know we look at the five and 10 year right now, you know the overnight rate right now in Canada is 5%. In the US, it's 5.5%. Um, so the five and 10 year, if the curve has to normalize, uh, you probably have to add an additional 25 to 50 basis points on top of the overnight rate in order to get where the five and 10 year could potentially move. So we often talk about in the fixed income world, you know, how to position in terms of fixed income. So hugging the short end of the curve, uh, that's been, you know, a very popular trade. That's one that we've been recommending for a very long time. So in fixed income, you know, we've always talked about overweighting investment grade credit. So going into things like uh, ZCS, which is our short corporate uh, bond ETF, uh, also things like ZSU on the U.S. side, which is our short-term U.S. investment grade ETF. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, we don't often talk about what to do with equities. Uh, utilities is often uh, one that is, um, you know, talked about just because, just because it, it does tend to be very conservative, uh, tends to be income generating as well. However, it, it tends to be very interest rate sensitive as well. So it is an area that we consider, you know, it is a longer duration sector uh, that's part of the equity market. Just when you look at utility stocks, you know, as I mentioned, the cash flows tend to be very predictable uh, over the long run, tends to generate, you know, steady flow. So it almost tends to be very bond-like. So as longer term yields go up, bonds almost become like a competing asset class versus utilities. So anytime bond yields go up, uh, utilities tend to move in the opposite direction. As I mentioned, if the yield curve continues to normalize, uh, potentially, you know, the five and 10 year have further room to go up. So in terms of how to play uh, utilities, I think if you're a longer term investor, if you're looking three to five years out, right now would probably be a good entry point. Uh, the concern, however, is that if yields continue to go up, there may be continued volatility in the utility space. So one good way of playing the utility space is going into a covered call uh, utility ETF. So ZWU, for example, uh, that's one way to monetize the volatility. So because we're selling calls in that ETF, um, you know, as volatility goes up, we're going to be able to collect higher premiums in that ETF. But in addition to that, you know, because we're not covering the entire portfolio, uh, because we're covering about you know forty uh, to forty-five percent of the portfolio, you still get to participate on any growth that uh, the utility stocks will have over the next couple of years. So this is a good way to play it. ZWU, which is a recovered call utility ETF, uh, yield on that one is about 8.7% uh, yield right now. So uh, in terms of playing the utility sector, that's uh, one way to do it. Great. Thanks, Alfred. Amid high interest rates and market volatility, consider BMO's top three ETFs yielding over 6%. The BMO Covered Call Utilities ETF, ticker ZWU, provides exposure to an equal weight portfolio of utilities, telecoms, and pipeline companies. The BMO Covered Call Canadian Banks ETF, ticker ZWB, invests solely in Canadian financials presenting an attractive valuation opportunity. And the BMO Canadian High Dividend Covered Call ETF, ticker ZWC, features solid historical dividend growth. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZWU, 
ZWB, and ZWC. Chris, we're going to turn the tables to you. Uh, Earnings season is kicking off in the U.S. for Q3. Uh, Many large companies have kicked off their cycle in financials, so Goldman, Bank of America, Stanley, and then a few more consumer-focused companies like Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble. Are there any early thoughts on expectations of this earnings cycle? And can you also maybe speak to any impact this would have on some ETFs that might be worth mentioning? Yeah, for sure. So relatively early to uh, to decipher a trend, but we're seeing you know a few things that I think are interesting and have potential investment implications. Maybe let's start with the financials you mentioned, because most of those have been kind of amongst the earlier reporters. Generally, pretty positive reporting from the U.S. banks, and we know obviously they took uh, you know significant drawdowns earlier in the year. But they seem to be shoring up their balance sheets, especially the larger ones. Uh, so of that list, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, you know, all had positive beats. You look at underneath the hood of the financials, uh, they're noting the investment banking. So the deal making uh, backdrop is weak. However, the trading businesses have been very strong. And, and we often see that when markets are more volatile is these trading businesses do very well. You know, if there's a bank that was more on the negative sides, Morgan Stanley, they had a weak quarter, you know, uh, disappointed on the wealth side. And people were really looking for Morgan Stanley to step up on the wealth side and and were disappointed with the net new assets they created there. Uh, But, you know, that was more of a company specific. You know, overall, if we look at, say, the U.S. banks. And, you know, the, the, the ETF I'm thinking about, again, on the cover call side um, is that WK, the BMO cover call U.S. banks ETF. If you look at the portfolio, the upside price target on average is around 22%. Additionally, that ETF is yielding 11%. So there's a lot of upside and kind of constructiveness there. Uh, on the U.S. bank side, you know, I always, I always uh, say, you know, Canadians don't need a whole ton of U.S. banks, but, you know, could be a nice satellite position. And especially with that high yield that ZWK offers, you can kind of get paid while you wait for a recovery in the U.S. banks. So I thought that was one to point out, um, you know, on the kind of more broader base names, Procter & Gamble, very solid quarter. Um, they have excellent brands. Um, you know, kind of across multiple dimensions of, you know, household products, beauty products, they continue to be a strong uh, performer, you know, so they're showing the pricing power. I think that's something to key in on. Uh, Johnson and Johnson had strong earnings as well. Again, they have some pricing power. Netflix just reported and again, Netflix, um, Netflix kind of blew it out of the water. They're up about 15% off the back of their earnings quarter where they added, you know, significantly more, uh, new subscribers than they expected. And they also have this kind of ad revenue model that's coming along as well. What we're seeing is, you know, some some strong businesses are having solid results. And, and, and the read through that I'm you know thinking about here is, yes, we we certainly know about the volatility in the market. And, and there's many uh, you know challenges, interest rates higher for longer rates being the obvious one. And now, you know, geopolitical geopolitical stresses are, are definitely dialing up significantly. But I think, you know, what we're seeing again, it's early in the earnings cycle, but, you know, high quality businesses with good quality. Uh, brands are are having some pretty solid results. So, you know, the read through to to implementing that into an ETF is I think, you know, quality matters again in investing. And 
We have, you know, two quality ETFs that I wanted to mention. We do have a Europe one as well, but I wanted to mention the U.S. and the global. So the BMO MSCI US, a high quality index ETF, that's our ZUQ, which we also have a hedged version of that as well. And then there's our global quality BMO MSCI, all country world high quality index ETF, ZGQ. Um, so again, you know, in an environment where, uh, you know, the backdrop is, um, you know, obviously investors have shown their concern and you're seeing, you know, the VIX kind of creep up higher, more volatility in the market. You know, I think leaning into high quality companies makes sense. You know, we're seeing some of these high quality companies, again, do pretty good to start this this earnings cycle. And I think that's, uh, you know, again, something investors could consider allocating to to quality through ZUQ or ZGQ. Great. Thanks, Chris. Alfred, sending it back your way, cash remains one of the biggest growth areas of the ETF industry, with cash and cash-like ETFs seeing a lion's share of the fund flows this year. Yet only a few years ago, investors like Ray Dalio famously said, cash is trash. Is that still the case? The funny thing is, you know, as you mentioned, he said that not too long ago. I think that was back in uh, 2020 uh, when he said that. Uh, back then, you know, the overnight rate was 25 basis points in the U.S. and I think more or less around the same level in Canada as well. Uh, so back then, you know, cash was definitely trash, but things have certainly changed since then, um, you know, just three years later. So right now, you know, when you look at the overnight rate, as I mentioned uh, earlier, the overnight rate in Canada is 5%. In the U.S., it's 5.5%. Inflation is still a little bit higher than what the uh, Bank of Canada and the Fed like at, at this moment. So it's still above the target range. But even when you look at real rates, so when I look at you know, the 12-month T-bill rate in both Canada and U.S., and then I back out the CPI year-over-year number, um, both of those numbers have been positive, both in U.S. and Canada since June. So uh, in terms of you know, your real yields, in terms of cash, it is generating a positive yield at this point. Um, so typically, you know, uh, we say staying invested is the right course of action. So we never like to say, you know, move to cash. Um, or, you know, moving small parts of your portfolio into cash, I think makes sense. But, you know, definitely do not move uh, entire parts of your portfolio into cash. You know, timing the market is very difficult. Uh, but having said that, you know, if you have a small position in cash in this kind of environment, I think it definitely makes sense. You know, if your risk-free rate is five or five and a half percent, you know, in theory, your equity risk premium would be a lot skinnier in this kind of environment. So, you know, not being in equities, in theory, your opportunity to cost of not being in equities would be a lot lower in this kind of environment. If you hold, you know, let's say three to 5% uh, positioned in cash in a portfolio, I think it could go a long way just because I think if, you know, the equity markets uh, move, um, you know, right now with all the geopolitical risk out there, I think there is an opportunity for a lot of mispricing in the market. So uh, having a little bit of dry powder on hand to take advantage of those opportunities uh, definitely makes sense. But in addition to that, you know, just because cash is yielding something at this point, you could almost view cash as an alternative asset class. You know, just going back to, you know, investing 101, uh, because cash is giving you non-correlated returns to bonds and equities, you know, in theory, it does improve the efficient frontier of your portfolio. So it does make it more efficient. In addition to that, I think cash, the other purpose that it serves in a portfolio nowadays is that, you know, let's say, for example, if inflation starts to reaccelerate, um, central bankers would have to start tightening rates again. So in that environment, I don't think long duration bonds would hold up in order to offset equity market risk. So having a little bit of cash in your portfolio is going to offset 
you know, some of that equity market risk uh, in your portfolio. So having money market ETFs, I think, um, makes sense. You know, a small position in your portfolio. Uh, money market ETFs, you know, I think the benefit is that you're going to get a yield very similar to a GIC. But the benefit is that you're going to get the liquidity benefits of an ETF as well. So you can have uh, not only daily liquidity on um, a money market ETF, we could also have intraday liquidity as well. So uh, something like ZMMK, which is our money market ETF, that's yielding 5.1% right now. That holds T-bills and BAs. Uh, we also recently launched ZUCM as well. That is for uh, US dollar cash. So that's yielding 5.5%. Uh, this one holds US T-bills. So there's two series on ZUCM. Uh, the US dollar, which is ZUCM.U, that's for US dollar cash. We also have the Canadian dollar version, which is ZUCM. So a good way to use the Canadian dollar version is that if you want to take a view on U.S. dollars, uh, you could go into the Canadian dollar version. You'll get the yield. But in addition to that, you'll get the U.S. dollar move relative to the Canadian dollar as well while remaining in Canadian dollars. So uh, you don't have to take on that FX transaction cost. Um so money market ETFs, I think, uh, definitely makes sense in the portfolio as long as you keep it around that 3 to 5% level. Great. Thanks, Alfred. Does market volatility have you wondering where to go to ride out the storm? Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's money market and ultra-short-term bond ETFs offer several high-quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit bmoetfs.ca and search for tickers ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS, or read our latest product insights. Chris, last but not least, earlier this month, we launched uh, a few new ETFs, um, which included two long shorts, the BMO Long Short Canadian Equity ETF, ticker ZLSC, and BMO Long Short U.S. Equity ETF ticker ZLSU. Could you speak about the benefits of the of long short investing and how they fit in the current environment? Yeah, exciting new launch, and these are prospectus does liquid alternative strategies. And you know, if you haven't heard about liquid alternative strategies, um, this is a new type of uh, investment fund that has a little more flexibility than a traditional fund. And, you know, alternative strategies in general have been recognized as, um, you know, giving investors better tools to create, you know, kind of alternative strategies that enhance income or they reduce risk, you know, give, you know, give investors better building blocks to build more robust uh, tools. And uh, liquid alternatives take the alternative kind of portfolio construction approach, but bring make sure, you know, the instruments are liquid. So, for example, they can fit very well within an ETF, uh, like the two that we've launched. Um, on, on long, short uh, equity investing, you know, so the big the piece of flexibility is it allows for the shorting of individual equities, which is not in a traditional uh, mutual fund or ETF. Um, there's two big benefits to that. One is when you short equities, uh, that can hedge the equities that you're long. So, you know, when the markets are selling off, you would expect the short equities to gain in value. Um, so that provides a hedge. And that's really where the word hedge fund came from many years ago. It started in the long short equity space. It means a lot more than that now. 
So the short equities hedge the long equities. And then the other big advantage is um, having that ability to short individual equities gives uh, you know, managers the ability to profit from individual stock positions uh, that they couldn't really otherwise do if they were just investing uh, long only in stocks. So, you know, for example, um, the, our strategies are run for a quantitative team. You know, if we identify stocks that uh, don't have great long-term uh, upside potential, we can short those. And we can go along the stocks that uh, we do like. When you look at the net equity exposure of these of BMO strategies, uh, it's right around 50%. So we're targeting a 50% net equity exposure. What that means is we're targeting 100% invested on the long side and about 50% uh, on the short side. So shorting 50. So that nets out to 50. And so what you can see there immediately is uh, that'll significantly reduce the risk relative to an all equity portfolio. Um, but because we have, you know, essentially bets on the long side and the short side, uh, with these strategies, we still see the potential for equity level returns uh, over the long period of time. So equity level returns, significantly less risk and uh, much better performance, particularly in periods of drawdowns. So more portfolio protection when markets sell off. The reason for that is, you know, we're tending to be long, high quality companies that tend to do well in volatile markets. And we're shorting, you know, for lack of a better word, the junk. And when markets sell off, the junk tends to not do very good as it shouldn't. So in periods of drawdown, long short uh, equity investing can do very well. And so obviously, as you tie that into the current environment, um, you know, not to harp again, risk is obviously a concern in markets. Um, we've seen the negative impact this kind of higher interest rates have had on equities overall. And as Alfred mentioned, it's an uncertain path in terms of, you know, how high these rates are going to stay and for how long. It's, it obviously puts pressure on all facets of the economy, really. And then we have the geopolitical stresses, which are obviously, you know, becoming very tense. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bear. I wouldn't say I'm a bear, but as an investor, you want to be prepared for, you know, negative outcomes. And that, that's where this tool can really shine and really reduce risk. So we're excited to bring these strategies to the market. You know, we're the first long short ETFs that we've launched. And uh, yeah, excited to see uh, clients, um, how, how they can incorporate them into their portfolios to build, you know, better better return and downside robustness. Great. Thanks, Chris. Those are all the questions that we have today. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in and uh, listening each and every week. And a special thank you to both Alfred and Chris for providing some great insights. And with that, wish everyone a great day and we'll see you next week. Thank you to Alfred Lee, Chris Heeks and Mackenzie Box for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Short Corporate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZCS, which provides exposure to Canadian corporate bonds with a term to maturity of less than five years. Our experts also discussed the BMO Covered Call U.S. Banks ETF, ticker ZWK, which invests in a diversified portfolio of U.S. banks while earning call option premiums. And finally, the BMO Money Market Fund ETF series, ticker ZMMK, designed for investors seeking exposure to high-quality money market instruments. For more information about the other ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's bmoetfs.ca. 
Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management Inc. and BMO Investments Inc. operate.